Hello, and welcome to the finale of the Mass Singer Rehap Ups podcast, uh, where today we will be talking about everything remaining from season two. We're going to put a bow on this season, and we're going to have a bunch of fun. We may have uncovered some new information. We went through Robin Thicke's unsold merchandise bin, and we have it all here today. I am your host, Puya the Papaya Zanvakili, and as always, my co-host here, Liana the Potato Boris. Liana, how are you doing today? I think we should spend an hour just recapping our previous podcasts <laughs> and before we actually get into the real content, which is what the mass Singer did. I just feel like that would be very on brand. Yeah, I think so. I, you know, we talk about how I guess Steve Buscemi at one point. Right. <laughs> we revisit your Gavin DeGraw love, all that stuff. Remember when we talked about the egg? It was a great time. Wow. What an amazing season it's been. <laughs> so great. So great. And a lot of weeks in between to think about all the greatness. <laughs> to just revel in the greatness. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and to think about how stupid some of these clues were. Very much so. Very much so. I, I love that that was pretty much the main thing of the uh, recap was, hey, here's like four of the clues answered for all these contestants that are the dumbest possible clues. I love how they were numbered. Like, oh, clue number one, clue number two. Like, there were no clues in between. Where they're definitely where I don't know clue clue one a, clue one a one. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, they revisited my absolute favorite clue, which was the Kelly Osborne. The bat represents a bat. <laughs> you know, Ozzy Osbourne bit the head off of, which is so stupid. So, and oh, and we got to learn about my new favorite stupid clue, which was from Dr. Drew's clue package, the eagle. Uh, the Lincoln High reference. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> referenced his obsession with President Lincoln. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Whatever, fam. Oh, and then when Raven Simone was like, The Mass Singer is one of the smartest shows on television, after showing all those clues, like, uh, yeah, I'm going to debate that. Yeah, seriously. For me, it's been great on the fact that when we've been uncovering people, we've, you know, glommed onto one or two clues that are probably a little bit more obvious. I do not think anyone is playing that expert level mass singer where they're uncovering the Lincoln clue. I don't think anybody uncovers the Lincoln clue. <laughs> well, but now we know four grandmas represent Grammy. four Grammys. <laughs> so I think we really, now that we've truly cracked the code on how to translate some of these clues, I think we can do even better next season. I don't doubt that. We did really well this season. Next season, we're going to have a perfect season. We're going to get 16 out of 16 or however many people there are. Well, I mean, like before they get unmasked. I mean, it's going to be really challenging for the people to get unmasked in episode one. (laughs) No, that's too. Do we like pause? Okay, here's what we'll do. Okay, we'll watch. And then before the revealing, we'll pause. We'll record something. That's our prediction. We'll come back and finish it later. Okay. Okay. I I like that. Or, or before episode one airs, we'll get the cast. We'll know like the, you know, what characters are on and we just give our answers then. (laughs) Okay. I, we're going to get zero out of 12 or 16 or however many contestants there are, but you know, (laughs) I am try. Well, I have a, I have a a pro tip for you. Uh Guaranteed way to get one, right? 
you answer Nick uh, Steve Buscemi for all of them. <laughs> no, I think um, let's see who are all the guesses. So Jamie Fox is definitely going to be on this season. Of course, right? of course. <laughs> Um, what were over this Fantasia because um, Robin Thicke just kept guessing Fantasia so yeah of course Bjork is going to be on Uh, classic classic you know what else is classic music can sometimes be classical and there was a lot of music in this uh, (laughs) oh oh, the mass singer has a lot of music who would have thought you know you think it's a dance competition sometimes Oh, yeah, that's okay. That's true. Well, we'll get into all that. Yeah, we will. We will. Um, But yeah, you touched on pretty much the first question I was going to throw out there, which was, did we really need a one hour recap to start the show? We skipped it and watched only the good stuff in hour two. That was from Dawn. And honestly, if not for the fact that we were going to sit here and cover this show, I would have probably been the same or I would have done the thing where I have it on and I'm just on my phone doing other stuff for the first hour until the good stuff came through. Okay, so the things I wrote down, I've already talked about. Egg, Lincoln High, and The Masked Singer being one of the smartest shows. I also wrote down when the Rottweiler segment was going on, and there was sort of the behind-the-scenes stuff where he was like, someone, one of the production hands was, how are you doing? And he said, dying. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that down. Um, Seal's face when he gets unmasked is the cutest thing in the entire Aww. world, and that the four grandmas represent that he has four Grammys, and that's literally it. So those are my takeaways. <laughs> I um I thought I was treating it as a proper episode because I didn't really think much of what to expect. Mm-hmm. So I have like a full page of notes that I looked back on, saw that it was just a bunch of nothing. And then midway through the episode, I stopped taking notes. I was like, I'm just going to like watch this and enjoy yeah. it if I can, because it was <laughs> so- kind of repetitive and the same thing for like 45 minutes. There were, you know, those few gems, but yeah, it was really repetitive. I was trying to watch the Survivor and the Mass Singer finales at the same time, which pretty much resulted in me watching the Survivor finale and then just watching the performances and the reveals in the actual finale part, which we will talk about in a bit. Um, so this, when I actually went back to rewatch it, uh, it was like, oh, I, I legit could have watched them both at the same time and probably not missed anything from the Mass Singer Road to the Finals clip mm-hmm. show, the recap podcast, which our recap of this recap. No, no, no. Like, I'm not doing it. Yeah, no, we are, we are not nearly skilled enough to be able to pull off an execution like that with a recap of a recap. I don't think we're there yet. But what I did. So the one thing I did kind of enjoy was the uh, little segment at the beginning where the cast was talking about the security and like secrecy measures and stuff. That was cool. You know, seeing the people walk by each other or not, like they don't know who each other is. That was pretty interesting to see for me. It kind of felt like that one part in a big brother finale where they show everyone in the diary room crying to each other. So that was great. But then the rest of it was just a clip show and I could have done without the rest of it. Yeah. I mean, the security stuff, there was nothing new that I didn't remember from season one. So to be honest, the whole thing was really boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, it would have been great for someone who had just watched like the premiere and then came back and watched the finale. Right. Like if you really needed a summary, you had sure it, it did an <laughs> adequate job. Yeah. So uh, honestly, the do you want to just uh, is there anything else I you want to touch on? Literally <laughs> nothing else to talk about in the mass singer, the road to the finals. I just want to get talking about the finale. Okay, it's proper. Um, just okay. So I have one last thing I want to talk about, and it's the uh, the new clues on the the mass singer social media. 
that happened where all three competitors tweeted or birded or whatever the, the parody version is. So the fox said to the dog and the bird, I've already won a famous duel before. Now it's time to take down two challengers. Hashtag scrappy and hungry. And it was liked by the rabbit. And that was the only link I saw, which was, oh, the rabbit, Fatone, Fatone, uh, Wayne Brady. We've discovered this last week. So we talked about that and stuff. So I don't know what the duel is. Do you know no, what the, the duel, duel is? Yeah, it refers. So he was in the um, Chicago's version of uh, Hamilton and he played Aaron Burr. Um, oh. I think uh, that that's what, the only thing that I could think of. OK. And that, OK, that, that makes sense. That, that, OK, so that link is complete. And then Flamingos was Ola Pups. Flam Flam is getting Glam Glam. <laughs> yes. Before I add more gold to my collection. Hashtag Life in Pink, liked by Black Widow, who we know is Raven. And they're both Cheetah Girls, so that's the link. How do you feel about the uh, this Flam Flam thing really picking off since it was revealed to us? Yeah, Flam Flam's getting Glam Glam. This is like the DK Chillin' DK Villain version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like the mass Singer. Um, uh, yeah, it's ridiculously stupid. And it's one of those things that I think I would start using ironically and then accidentally pick up and use oh, no. legitimately. So uh, just be careful. Flam Flam about to get Glam Glam. It's it's a really good thing that the season finished before you I'm gonna do say, that. Oh, you think just because a mass singer's on, that's the only reason I'd say it. I think I'm gonna say it when I get ready in the morning, when I'm gonna get all glam glam. I'll be like, girl, you flam flam, you can no, I don't think I can do it. <laughs> yeah. I take it all back. Refer to yourself as a flam flam. Flam flam. <laughs> I mean, you do have a cat named Clam. You could Clam say Clam. Clam Clam. <gasps> clam Clam's getting all glam glam. Oh, that's so cute. Well, it's on you're allowed to say it to your cat so that works okay deal okay and last but not least the rottweilers was this dog's luck wasn't great against a cat but i won't lose to a flamingo or a fox hashtag fueled to win which sounds first of all like a gamer mountain dew commercial fueled to win and the only link here is that the cat is Catherine mcphee who didn't even win that season she came in second yeah, but that's who he went out to when he went out fourth. Oh, yes. In the, he was up yeah. against her. So he lost to her to go home. Okay. You, yeah, I, I so I know that you've recently been brushing up on your Daughtry. Um, well, yeah, you because you told me to. Yeah. And you, what's the takeaway? You like him? I, okay. His voice is so crystal clear. Like, it's like, okay, his voice is the equivalent of drinking fresh mountain spring water. Like, Ooh. it's just, it's it's so crystal clear. There's nothing else in it. And I think there's something that's really appealing about that. Now, his actual music is fine, but his singing <gasps> ability is fantastic. Okay, so you don't quite like the music that's out there there but you really like his voice and look forward to more music so that hopefully one of the songs hits yeah your sweet spot like it's the type of music that i would be fine having on in the background but it's not something that was I, after listening to a part of his discography was super super captivating um to me personally but i really did enjoy it and i think he's got a great singing voice perfect well, yeah, and I watched all of his American Idol performances, <laughs> and I saw him lose to Catherine McPhee, and that's why I knew that. Okay. I did not watch his season of American Idol, because I have not watched American Idol. Yeah, that was my one season, and then I got too sad, and I couldn't continue. <laughs> oh, like hit you. Yeah. Hurt nah, your heart. I wasn't happy. He came out fourth. That was not um, good. 
Okay, wait, what was the hashtag? Fuel something? Fueled to win. Okay, so on the BNB, we did a social media segment where I looked at some of the previous sponsors from Survivor, and I have this tweet that I have to read from the Mountain Dew social media account. Oh. Pawning has never tasted better. Drink new Mountain Dew Amp Game Fuel while you slay them all. Hashtag Mountain Dew Amp Game Fuel. <laughs> and that made me think of this, and I wanted to revisit this amazing tweet. So here we are. My my favorite part of that is you saying pawning instead of poning. Poning. P W N I N G. How are you supposed to say that? There's it's a P W back to back. Pwn. 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 Yeah. Because <laughs> it just sounds like Mountain Dew is like very much in support of you selling your extra stuff to a pawn shop. And it never tasted better. Never. <laughs> Drink new Mountain Dew Amp Game Fuel. Hashtag Mountain Dew Amp Game Fuel. I think I should just start hashtagging stuff with that in the future. The Mountain Dew Game Fuel? Yeah. Like, <laughs> clam clam about to get glam glam. Hashtag Mountain Dew Amp Game Fuel. <laughs> you need to buy at least a can of so that you can put it in the background of these photos that you're posting. Do you think it still exists? I mean, there's got to be one, right? You could probably find that on eBay. It just is right. the like hustle worth like, what, it. Like a, yeah, before Crystal Pepsi came back, there were like a few Crystal Pepsis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. You can find it on Amazon. Oh, easy. You'll have I it. I can buy 12 pack on Amazon. There's oh, buy one. Four flavors. What are they? What are the flavors? Okay. Okay. Charged. Okay. First of all, they're all charged. All right. Okay. I don't know what that means, but charged cherry burst. Charged Berry Blast, Charged Original Dew, and Charged Tropical Stripe, <laughs> which I, that sounds a little dubious to me. I'm not sure what Tropical Strike is. That sounds like a war you don't want to be a part of. Um, <laughs> to me, it sounds like, like an illness. Like, like a, oh, I couldn't make it. I had this Tropical Strike. Like, oh, oh maybe. Gotcha. that was a Vietnam War reference. I don't know. Anyway, but it brings you alertness, accuracy, and vitamins A and B. So Vitamins F for false. <laughs> vitamins. Game amp fuel. <laughs> well, I don't need Mountain Dew to get amped up to talk about this finale with you. Yeah. Yeah. What? So after, a, you know, an hour of just waffling from the show, we get which I heard is going to be a costume. The waffle. I'm just kidding. It's not. It's not. But it should. I mean, be. it might be. Yeah, we we don't, we don't know, know all of them. We, we know, know some of them. Could be a waffle. Yeah, could be a waffle. Could be a pancake. You don't know. Imagine the short stack. How cool would that be? Oh, that would actually be pretty cute. Yeah, it's got like all the layers, and then like the little butter hat. Oh, that's cute. That'd be a big costume, though. I mean, it there's... could be like skinny, tiny short stacks. <laughs> the skinny tiny short stack yeah but like a narrow like a narrow diameter <laughs> short stack <laughs> alright well we can theorize about the costumes later okay yes yes so okay so the show the, the finale starts with first of all we see the leopard which always love the leopard and then we see all the singers on stage everybody's on stage and I did notice in the first hour and the second hour Nick Cannon has gone overboard on using who sung it. Someone told him that this is the phrase people responded best to. And he's just using it too much now. I heard it everywhere. Mm, like he was saying 
Like you're just using it for the transition. He's like, and now we're going to find out, you know, who's the winner of this? Who sung it? This who sung it has been going on for 10 weeks. And like, <laughs> just who sung it? Who sung it? I got uh, it. But but who sung it? Well, it was the night to find out. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't notice, but I can see how that would be annoying. Oh, and his diamond shoes made a reappearance because Robin Thicke made a joke about him clicking the shoes together three times. Yeah, there's no place like home. And then without any like the the good thing about getting that all that like extra stuff in the first hour is we didn't get any of it shoved in the middle of this stuff. Like the finale, the second hour was just straight to business within the first half of that episode. All three performers had sung already. So Mm -hmm. I liked that part. That was good. And then we jump right into the Fox. And I would like to say at the top of my conversations about these. The final clues are not clues. They're just the performers saying how much this means to them and how they've been doing and how they're ready to win. Right? Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. I didn't write anything down for those. Yeah. So that makes our job a lot easier because we can just transition into the performance. (laughs) So Fox comes out and does a little ditty known as Try a Little Tenderness by Otis Redding. Okay. Okay. Amazing voice. The voice was melting me. I loved the background. I liked the whole like two story thing going on. The black and red um, colors in the background were really good, especially in the beginning when the lights weren't up yet. I like that. And I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't know the name of the song. I know the song, but I didn't know the name of the song. As we started getting closer to the uh, chorus, I was like, oh, my God, this is that song that Kanye and Jay-Z like sampled. And I was like, I think he's going to rap in the chorus. I was like, he has to do it now. I, I can feel the beat building to it. And the Fox freestyles off the top of the dome in the middle of the performance and then has a dance solo in the middle of the performance and then just kills it. It was just so, so good. I will say I did not like the dancers. The neon patterns were weird on the background dancers and I didn't quite like all the colors together when the lights were up. I liked it better when the lights were down, but that was pretty awesome. I love the beat change. I liked all that that happened. This was a winning performance to me. How did you feel about it? Okay, by freestyle. Mhm. What do you mean by that? So freestyle is when in in the rap world, it's when someone so you're goes So it wasn't written. I don't think so. Oh, it was 100% written. His whole like little intro bit was all about he's a perfectionist and he wants to make sure that every kickball change was perfect, which, by the way, I just want to take this one other opportunity to make fun of the judges. Them doing the guesses like during the clue packages or like playing taboo or charades is <laughs> like, you know, kickball change, change, coins, dollar bills. You know what I mean? Anyway, really annoying. So I, I think it was written. So I just I have to say my piece on that. Wayne Brady, star of Who's Line, maybe he had a foundation, a skeleton, if you will, of what he wanted to say. But if there's any indication on him redoing this song at the end of the show, it was a freestyle. Okay, but did they perform it when he did he like, you know, when they're doing all the practices, because we know that Mm -hmm. they do rehearsals based on the fact that the butterfly got electrocuted. mm -hmm. Do you think he did a different freestyle or do you think he did what he was planning on doing? I think maybe he 
the freestyle became lyrics at some point, if that makes sense. Like it started <laughs> off freestyle. it's no longer a freestyle. But it started off as a freestyle. I don't even know what that means. How does something start off as being improvised and later it's written? It's so, like either it's improvised or it's written. So let's say right now I dropped a beat and you just busted out a rhyme off the top of your head. And you were like, ooh, this really works with this beat. I like it. And then you wrote it down. It started okay. off as a freestyle, then it's so lyrics. in the rehearsal it was a freestyle, but then he wrote it yeah, wait, for the let, real performance. Let me text the so fox right now right. and get the definitive answer. <laughs> yeah, yo, Wayne Brady, what up? Hey, <laughs> we need an answer on this. Let's see. Hey Wayne, you up? Question <laughs> mark. Okay, and I'll wait for the response. I think it'll work. Yeah, I think um, so. Um okay, so anyway, regardless <laughs> of whether or not it was written or improvised. I was blown away by this performance. Yeah. So this was one of the times when I think actually, thankfully, Survivor was on a commercial break. So I could just completely focus on this. And in my gut, I was, oh, this is a winning performance mm. because I had been rooting for the Rottweiler. And I thought the Rottweiler was going to win coming into this finale Same. because I thought I think he has the strongest vocals. But after the vocals plus the performance on this, I was like, oh, this is the push that the Fox needs to solidify the win here. So after this performance, I felt very strongly that the Fox could take it home. Like, this was the Foxes to lose. Um, no. The Rottweilers to... Well, whatever. Anyway, it's not important. I thought the Fox was going to win after this performance because I thought it was great. Also, uh, a comment on the, the dancers. <clears throat> I actually didn't think that they were that distracting. I thought they really did accent the performance. I agree with you with the lights being up versus down. It was better when mm. it, they were down because they were almost like too bright where I started to focus on them. Which actually got me thinking about the backup dancers in general. This performance, and actually I think most of the performances this week, the backup dancers felt like backup dancers. Because mm. I think what I've been realizing is that the backup, and I'm using air quotes because <laughs> everyone can see me, dancers were not backup dancers. They were sort of like the other performance that's happening at the same time <laughs> yeah. as the mass singer person singing. And so you're pulling your attention back and forth between the two. They're not complimenting the singer. They're just distracting. And once I had that realization, I was like, oh my God, that's why some of them are so bad. So anyway, I was very happy that they were truly backup dancers. Um, and it seems like they were able to get some extra dancers this week. There were a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I overall, in summation, really, really liked this. If I can say a thing about the ba backup dancers. I feel like if I think back all the performances of the Fox, the Fox has been one of the few performers that's been able to utilize the dancers to their benefit. Except for the weird robot woman. I like the robot woman. That was random. She, I think because she matched so well with his mm, costume. Costume. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably why. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good link. It was a good link. You know me. I like matchy matchy. I'm here for matchy matchy. Yeah, you like matchy matchy. Yeah, I think so. We're not going to rehash the the voice versus the full performance like that. So we've we've talked that to to no end. But I will say that the fact that the fox has such a strong voice and is capable of dancing and then decides this is the week where I'm going to bust out into a rap. All three of the like that just showed range. I think Ken was the one who said it in the road to the final package for the Fox in the first hour that he's the most all round, like all round performer we've ever had on the show. And mm -hmm. I think that this was the living embodiment of that, this performance, this song, 
uh, all of the everything put together. So I was very happy to see it. And I genuinely was worried because I also came in, you know, being like, it's the Rottweilers to lose. So the other two have to really step it up. And the bar was set really high by the Fox after this. Yeah, this was like the super bendy pole high jump high, you know, <laughs> where the poles are bending so much. They look like they're going to break. <laughs> have you seen that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like not like the high jump where you just run and jump, but like the one with the big stick, but like the bendy stick. <laughs> that is a feat of like some serious engineering, like materials engineering on the bendy stick. Pole vaulting. Is that, <laughs> is that what it's called? Yes. It, it, I believe. No, no. Sorry. You're right. The official Olympic term for the sport is running with pointy bendy stick. <laughs> but like hella bendy stick. <laughs> <laughs> hella bendy is after you succeed the first round and it's just the professionals left right exactly <laughs> only the olympians the true olympians yeah <laughs> um the judges felt very similarly i think the judges were blown away and during the judges conversations with the performer the performers all had something to say and the fox the Fox's voice breaks in the middle of talking about this. I didn't know until right now exactly how much winning this would mean. I don't remember the season one performers being this passionate about getting the victory and this emotional about the journey they've been on. The The season two crop felt something. It really did. Yeah, uh, that's that's actually a really good point, because I don't remember that either. Like, no way to like a sweet little baby T-Pain was going to get all emotional on us like that. Right. Like, no. that's not going to happen. Um, I mean, I think there was a lot, you know, there were some people that had the sort of, you know, I didn't know I could do this. It's held my self-esteem kind of thing. But, you know, both the Fox and the Flamingo getting really emotional and the Fox here. Oh, my God so emotional mm. and that was actually really heartbreaking this whole perform you know i'm i was still rooting for the rottweiler to win but i'm i feel better with the fox winning here just based on this whole segment like that performance plus then the emotion that we got to see from him um in this segment and knowing that he struggled with depression and talking about i haven't always been happy myself and and oh man i i was right there with jenny crying and then I had to go back to watching Insane Survivor, but uh, it made me feel better about the Fox's eventual win. Yeah, I was definitely in my Shaquille feels on this yeah. one as well. I know that last week when we asked the question, who would benefit the most from this win? And we both said the Rottweiler. I think that after this speech, I felt like, you know what? It's the Fox. It all kind of clicked. You know, he grew up with a stutter as a kid. and now he's got this kid that he wants to show this like side of him to, and he wants to show the world the side of him to, and he hasn't been able to, and he's he's only ever been known as the comedian, the funny guy discounted for this. So I think getting the reaction he got and getting the love he was getting, it meant so much to him. It was no longer a, comp a silly competition. This was him being able to prove that he's more than what we see. and. He gets to celebrate himself and overcome what must have been years and years of self-doubt in this in this aspect. Uh, OK, so this is my question for you. 
Yes. Who is discounting Wayne Brady's ability to sing? I don't not know. I. Not, is not it, I. Not I. Not I, said Liana. Was, is it Hollywood? Is that who we're talking about? Because I don't think if you went up to anybody who was like, oh, yeah, I love Wayne Brady, uh, but, you know, he's just the funny guy. Like, mm. what? No, everybody talks about his ability to sing, I think, right? I mean, I don't know. I guess... um. Maybe I need to go ask 100 people on the street and be like, so Wayne Brady, like, what do you associate more with him? You know, humor or singing? Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, so. I, I, I don't know. It, that part didn't exactly pull at me in the same way because I just didn't understand who is discounting Wayne Brady's ability to sing. I think it's just a matter of not being like not having that be looked at as just as good as his comedy. You know, I think that's the problem, because if you ask anybody to describe the cast of Who's Line, they'll be like, yeah, Ryan Stiles is the tall, weird one. Kalamakri's the bald, old Canadian one. Um, Wayne Brady, he's the singer. Like, I yeah, think he's he, the singer. Yeah, he would get the singer, but he would get <laughs> yeah. the singer within some improv show with way lesser, you know, talented singer folk. So, in mm. you know, in the. uh you know that the the one eyed dwarf thing. So what's the what's the saying here that would work? In the tone deaf community, <laughs> the half tone deaf is king. Yeah, but he's not half tone deaf. I know, but he's the king of the lessers. And I think for Wayne Brady, it was having his voice go up against. I mean, look at the competition this season. He went up against Patty Labelle. He went up against Michelle Williams. Like okay, he went but- up against like proper singers and made it to the mountaintop okay so wayne brady's album you and me was nominated for a grammy for best traditional r&b vocal performance well then I'm so stumped. he's like getting some act okay yeah he didn't win i i don't know i mean i uh well okay so whatever. so like maybe wayne brady like people are like why is he nominated you know like that angle Oh, maybe yeah because like i remember when macklemore was huge he got nominated for a rap Grammy and won. And uh, he was told he doesn't deserve it so much that to the point where he apologized, I believe to Kendrick was also nominated that year for winning. So mm-hmm. when, when there's a, when the community or the world says, Oh, you're not really worthy of being where you are, even though you've received the thing, it's hard to feel like you have. Cause you know, we talk about it a lot where you, you have like, don't, listen to the vocal minority but the vocal minority is vocal and out there for a reason it does have an impact whether you like it or not and i feel like someone like wayne brady who dealt with a lot growing up probably like it hit him hard also i'm pulling all of this out of nowhere i don't know if that's what happened i don't know if there yeah, was backlash. i think you're just making all that up i mean you're speaking very <laughs> confidently which makes me want to believe you but i think you just made all that up i mean if i had to sor- cite my uh, source my citation it would be myself so <laughs> I wouldn't trust me, but also I feel very passionate about it and, I, and I'm believing myself because it sounds real. Okay. I, uh, all right. Here's a, okay. Yes. Well, uh, so I, you know, w- w- earlier in the season, I was listening to some of Wayne Brady's previously released music. Okay. It's fine. It's just a l- kind of the same way I felt about Daughtry where it was like, he can sing and this is good, but this is not, like I would have it on the background, but it's not something that I would actively be choosing to listen to. Mm-hmm. And that's how. So, spoiler alert: this yeah. is not a spoiler alert. He released a new single last night. Last night, which take lessons, T Pain. Oh wait, you missed your shot. Whatever. 
Um, Flirting with Forever mm-hmm. from Wayne Brady featuring Pat Gray. I listened to it. It's fine. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's my feeling. And maybe, like, again, I do not doubt his vocal ability. Like, his vocal ability is amazing. But in terms of, I don't know, who's writing his songs, who's producing his songs, it just doesn't captivate me. And that's my truth. And you're, you are obviously allowed to speak your truth. Of course. I felt maybe a little different in the sense that I liked it. I wouldn't say, like, it was. Oh my god, I mean, like I still think Hey Look My made it, blame it. There were better like I've heard songs done by Wayne Brady, done by the Fox that I liked better. But it's it's interesting because it's maybe one of those things where the magic wears off once you know, once you like I don't know. It's so it's so weird. Okay. Any listeners, if you have a Wayne Brady song that you like or Chris Daughtry song that you really like, send them our way so yeah. that I can get more. Because maybe I'm just not finding the right stuff, you know? That's because, true. again, I like them both so much as performers. But something's just not clicking. <laughs> it's not clicking. It ain't clicking. It ain't click, click. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's a lot of moments in Who's Line. Like a lot of songs that he's done there just out of nowhere that I've, you know, loved and always isn't like they are in the back of my head he has this one um he does this freestyle rap with stephen colbert about skiing and it was really funny and i liked it that was cool see okay then maybe that's part of the problem right because the songs that you remember from him are the the comedy ones where he wants to be acknowledged for his grammy nominated mm. although well, he was acknowledged yeah. by the grammy committee because i mean <laughs> the grammy committee or whatever this <laughs> is like pole vaulting all over again what are they called do they have a name it's not like vaulters. the academy no, 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 I know what pole vaulters are called. Oh. I mean, the Grammy people. Oh, yeah, they're called Graham Grams. Oh, yeah, Graham Graham about to get give up some, I was going to say nom noms. But that's, that's are they nice. feeding you? Yeah. Like, what are you, Cookie Monster? Nom 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 nom. Me like Cookie. No, it was not Cookie Monster. Anyways, okay. Um, it, so okay so just one other so, so the thing i was thinking about is that it's kind of like when a youtuber breaks out into the music scene and like rebecca black i mean rebecca black was not good so i, I wouldn't use her as an example um i can't think of someone who like broke out and did really really well but was troy savon first on youtube you know what i think they who were who's that little kid that sang what that's very vague <laughs> YouTube's full of little kids singing. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> well, my point is that once you get into an industry from another industry, it'll take a long time before you recognize for that industry. The Rock was a wrestler, went to do movies, got ridiculed for every movie The Rock did. And to be fair, like there was like the Tooth Fairy was in there, there was some roles that were like weird. But now The Rock is like the highest grossing actor of like the year. So. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it takes a while for people to recognize greatness. And I think for Wayne Brady, the greatness was being recognized without his face. And that was kind of both humbling and empowering because mm-hmm. it felt so good. But also it's like, I don't know how they're going to feel once the mask comes off. But I, it feels so amazing to be validated for something I've known all this time that I am good, that I do deserve that Grammy nod, that I do deserve to be recognized for my music. Mm-hmm. And he looked good in the costume. Oh yeah, it's I still one of my favorite costumes from this season. Mm-hmm. He right. I, I like the I the the red eye being on at all times was very interesting to me. 
Mm-hmm. You know what else? We should probably catch a red eye to the next performer. How about that? <laughs> I'm f- like fly over to see the flamingo. Yeah. Wake me up before you flamingo. Flam flam. Wake me up before you flam flam. Mm-hmm. 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 Great, great joke, Liana. Oh, thank you, Robin, Liana. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Just a quick thing. The guesses and the final guesses were pretty much the exact same. So I'm just going to say them here and not to talk about it at the reveal. Um, Robin and Nicole said Wayne Brady. Jenny and Ken said Jamie Foxx. Let's get to the Flamingo, Liana. Let's fly on over to Flam Flam. Getting all glam glam. <laughs> all right. So Flam Flam. Um, all right. So her performance was Proud Mary, which Overall, a really great performance. It's a good song choice. But here's the problem. It's really hard to outdo like Tina Turner's version of Proud Mary or even the CCR version of Proud Mary. So that was just my biggest critique here of the Flamingo because I thought the performance was really great. I thought the backup dancers were truly backup dancers. One of the guys in the audience was just really digging it and I could feel the passion. Um, I mean, the Flamingo does, I mean, really just a truly outstanding voice. And she's somebody who I drafted. I was very high on. I was very excited for. I'm happy that she's here in the finale. And I think this is a really good performance. But after seeing the Fox and then seeing hers, it was like, ooh, girls in second or third place. You know, I just I didn't get the feeling that it was so wow, blam, over the top, really that tip top tier that we saw from the Fox. And so that was kind of how I felt. I felt same about the uh, watching it and being okay you're not winning and it wasn't because it wasn't good it's just because of the again the the high standard that the fox had set before her um i did have a question that i wrote in my notes to ask you on the podcast specifically did you find this performance too pink oh was it too pink um no it was not too pink for me um it wasn't a situation where it was just completely washed out where i couldn't see her the fans i think that the backup dancers were carrying were white that was a nice contrast to the situation um but yeah i think if i were to redesign her costume i think i put in some accents that weren't pink but the this performance not too pink that's good because the the entire background was purple and gold there was no pink there was pink. I mean, there, it was purple and gold. Yeah, but there was pink, though. Oh, my oh. God. I'm just like, Tommy, maybe I'm colorblind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's why it's so much pink. Is her costume not pink at all? Her costume is pink, but the background oh. was most certainly purple. Oh, no. Does she have accents on her costume that are not pink? No, I think that costume's pink top to bottom. Oh, man. I got to go take one of those colorblind tests. <laughs> like, just in case. See, and here I was feeling really good that I called you on that a, a week ago and I felt really vindicated and then I feel really bad. If you're colorblind, I feel Okay, bad. they're pink. Okay, those are pink. They're pink rings in the background. Yeah, but like the the the, the main it's, two colors are the, the show's it's colors. It's purple and gold. And pink. No. It's, it's like a pinky purple. Um, to those of you listening right now, is it Yanny or is it Laurel? Is it purple or pink? Oh my God. What were the dress colors again? Is it Uh, was white and blue and black and gold, black and gold or 
Was it white and yeah, blue? It was white or? and blue, yeah. Okay, yeah. Wow. There you go. What a crazy time that was. We lived through that. Hey, this we should make decade. a best. Yeah, I was going to say, we need to make a, a a best of the decades list of the Laurel versus Yanni. There's two. <laughs> we just talked about Okay, them. so you don't think we can come up with another one? I mean, there's purple and pink that's going on right now. Okay, see, that's another one. Um, Michelle or Aubrey. That's one that happened for Survivor Ooh. folk. Um, and then there's the, the age-old question that if... um. If a tree falls when no one's there, does it make a sound? If T-Pain releases an album without auto-tune, is it actually an album? <laughs> yeah, if T-Pain makes a, makes a non-auto-tune song, would you cop? That's also a good question out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Speaking of T-Pain, I got a really nice present um, in a secret Santa. And it's, um, it's a little card with, and it's painted as T-Pain. And then in the background, it's um, the monster. And there's... It's on like a musical sheet to buy you a drink, and it's just phenomenal. You should post a picture online. Um, you know what? I have posted it in a private group. I will post it in a, on my Twitter. How about that? I'll put it on the tweets. <sighs> okay. I took a colorblind test, guys. I'm not colorblind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. so you took a colorblind test. Turns out you're 100% wrong, and it was purple. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Um, so yeah, I thought so. It was. I thought it was pretty. The, the performance was simple, but that that takes nothing away from it. I, again, it was a good performance, but like you said, the Tina Turner song, like you really can't. I feel like it's one of those where it's like, can you make it better? And I think here the answer was no. I don't think it was changed. Like last week when we had the Fox doing Blame It, that song is so bad that the Fox made it a masterpiece. So you have to take a crappy song and do a yeah. like twist on it in some way. It's, Actually, I was thinking, well, we can talk about this at the very end because I have the evolution of strategy for the mass singer and I want to get into some of this stuff. So cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We can talk more generally. All right, I'll vault my, my thought for now and then I'll, I'll uh, throw it out later. Um, we'll open Fort Knox and we'll talk about all that stuff. I like the, how the, the, the X stage, I finally learned how to say it. So the stage that's shaped like an X, the floor, had like colors flashing. That was really cool. I enjoyed the fireworks. I didn't understand the platform. Like, was it like a, like a, like a wedding cake and she was like on the wedding cake or was it just not a cake? And I was seeing cake cause I was a little hungry. I was a little peckish. So I couldn't tell cause it was like round and it was like layered. So it kind of felt like a cake. So that was interesting. The platform I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. No, here. no, no. I know what you're talking about. They're just like stacked rings. Okay. So okay. I don't I don't think yeah. it was necessarily <laughs> supposed to be a cake. Like okay. It could just be like wheels. That's what? what they should have done. They should have been wheels. But then how? And then they could have spun like the outside could have spun. Oh, although one thing that I do. OK, so the the trash hour that was before this, I did like I do like it when they show the vision from inside the mask, because I think mm. you really lose how challenging it must be to be inside those costumes yeah and you know what i think i need to reevaluate how i consider the movement and the dancing because it seems incredibly difficult to be able to sing and move in this big costume so i need to give more props to that um also i'm done now okay well i am almost done so i'll try and get done like 
a pie on a windowsill. Um, so I, the last thing I wrote was this was good, but not Fox good. And I think that pretty much sums up everything here. And like we said earlier, the Flamingo was very emotional about their story talk and talking to the judges. They were told they would never amount to anything. They're determined. When she said the words, I'm determined, I'm hardworking. I felt that through the voice modulation. I still felt that like that hit me to the core. Yeah, I uh, it was hard, though, for a brief moment because Nick summed everything up with, wow, she said a lot. So I was like, she did, Nick. She did say a Nick's lot. Thank a you. Um, uh, yeah. OK, again, here's the thing. If she had gone first, I think I would have been like, oh, my gosh, mm. really emotional. This was after the Fox, too. And I was real emotional from the Fox. And then it was like, oh, OK, this is also similar. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? And it's not nothing against her at all whatsoever. It's just that's what happens when you have sort of two things back to back that are similar. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I. I wonder how the decision is made to, in the order, because you got to imagine the um, the non host people production folk know what the songs are, have seen rehearsals and they have to have an idea of like what's like better than the other and stuff, maybe because. No, I, I think it's like you put your best and best people first and last is typically how that's always done. And I think production, whoever they personally are favoring goes first and last that's my little oh, okay tin foil uh, hat theory <laughs> i secretly wish it was kind of like um harry potter and the goblet of fire where they gotta like put their hand in the bag and pick out their order so you know f- flamingo <laughs> picks it out and it's in between it's like oh man i don't want to do that and then Rock I, like oh i'm last again fox like oh i'm opening again must be nice uh i like that you went with the goblet of fire the magical chalice in which names are spit out of instead of just like choosing a name out of a hat. Choosing a dragon out of a bag, though. There's something, yeah, much more dramatic about that. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think they could afford a chalice that spits out a name. Do you think, I don't know, that floor looks very expensive. I think <laughs> they could. Do you think somebody could be a fictional character for a costume? Like, do you think we'll ever see, oh, it's Harry Potter. <laughs> Cockney Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, and it's like cartoon Harry Potter. Because he's not a person. Yeah. No, I, think, like... I think it's possible. I mean, would I love a the Kermit the Frog? Yes. Sign it's me the up. Kerm- oh, this is when we get into the the again. It's the Harry Potter. Yeah, and then it's like everyone's the, and then now here's Scooby Doo, and it's like, where's the the? Why isn't it the Scooby Doo? It's the Scooby Doo. Imagine Scooby Doo singing. That would be wild. Hmm. Yeah, that's like the Rottweiler. No, but like think of Scooby Doo's voice and cadence. Yeah, but it's not. It's still the voice of the celebrity. So you're saying oh, the voice yeah, actor yeah, yeah, yeah. who played Scooby-Doo is going to be in a Scooby-Doo costume on The Masked Singer? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. For the last minute, I've been picturing, like, all these cartoons being in, a, in, like, a big crossover episode where they're all singing and it's a singing competition. And that was a wild ride until I realized what we were actually talking about, which is people wearing a Scooby-Doo costume and then being themselves. So right, okay. Yes. Well, I'm glad we've figured that out. Yeah, they had us in the first half. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> and then Adrian Balon was pretty much guessed by everybody. And then there was uh, the he who shall not be named of the panel who said Fergie, which I know is your favorite. 
one of your favorites. So how did you feel about Fergie being a guest now on the finale? I do love Fergie, <laughs> just like I love Gavin DeGraw. Um, yeah, as soon as uh, Ken said that, I was like, yeah, nah. <laughs> yeah, I just truly, nah. Liana, nothing would make me happier if this shtick was just gone OTT for the last couple episodes to never come back again. But <sighs> given that he's also going to be on The Masked Singer UK, mm-hmm. this is most definitely going to be the Ken Jong we know now. And it's going to be a thing. There's going to be T-shirts made of I know who exactly who it is. Like, that's definitely like it's part of his character on the show now. And yeah, no, nah. I mean, I know, but I'm ready for that to be over. Same. But I think it's not gonna. I'm sad about it. OK, well, you know, prayer circle, right? Yeah, we'll do the candle tweet and yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Um, the last thing before we get into the Rottweiler, right before we went into commercial to lead to that. Jenny said, I can't see anyone who can beat the fox. Oh, so you think that was supposed to be for? I mean, it is foreshadowing. It was foreshadowing, but I also felt like I related to that because I was like, you know what, Jenny? Same. I feel similarly right now, even though the Rottweiler has yet to go on stage. And I thought the Rottweiler was iron hot, you know, to take this whole thing before the show started. So Mm -hmm. I, I just thought that was interesting to point out. And then obviously, final performance of the night, we get to the Rottweiler. And the Rottweiler does everything right. The Rottweiler performs Alive by Sia, gives it their own Rottweiler Daughtry flair. Um, I felt so. I felt like the I liked the um, the the color of the dancers, the smoke, the lights. It was kind of all like this little silvery white feel. I like that. Um, the Rottweiler definitely. There's no one that has this voice. This is how I felt like this takes me back. It's such a weird journey for me with the Rottweiler, because from that first performance, I was taken back to that season of American Idol. I feel like I'm that age when I listen to Chris Daughtry. And it's just a weird feeling because I feel the exact same way about this voice like I did Mm -hmm. back in the day. And I love this voice. I really do. I will say as much as good as the song was and as good as everything about it, the thing I hated the most out of the entire finale was the gloves that the dancers were wearing. Why were they wearing colorful fingerless gloves when everything else in the background was these like simple darker colors and there's these bright pink or like maroon reddish fingerless gloves that they're wearing. I didn't like that. Um, I did like that the, the Rottweiler was standing on like an Olympic podium looking thing and he was standing on the top. So he was first. So that was pretty cool. Um, and I did like the red smoke. Uh, I did not even notice the fingerless gloves. Oh, it was such an eyesore. Okay, Uh, so clearly it didn't bother me that much, or at least I wasn't paying that much attention to the backup dancers because I was just so drawn in by the voice of the Rottweiler. And I really do think it's a curse for me to root for you because you did it just it's his voice is so outstanding. Mm. And this to me truly was the better singer was the Rottweiler. So this is a performance versus voice thing, whether or not we're going to judge all around performer versus who's the best voice all around performer one in the Fox. I'm okay with it. But man, I was blown away. I want to go back to what um, Nicole said 
I think in that like preview road to the finals episode about how his voice sounds like a record. It really does sound like a recording. Mm. This is the type of voice that is just, like I said, crystal clear. It could break glass. It's just, I was, I was blown away. I I really truly was. Um, Which made Jenny's guess of Jason Mraz (laughs) that much more GD ridiculous. Cause I was like, you've got to be like, I love Jason Mraz. Okay. I am that basic. And that was just such an insult to the Rottweiler. (laughs) No offense to Jason Mraz, but just they're so different, their voices. Anyway, oh my God. Blown away by the Rottweiler. I'm sad that the Rottweiler lost, but I can see why the Fox won. And so I'm at peace with it. I have two questions that have risen from the comments you made. So first of all, can you name a Jason Mraz song that isn't I'm Yours? Um, yes, because I had his first two albums and then I didn't have any albums (laughs) after that (laughs) (laughs) because so, so I not going to lie, like those first two albums were my favorite albums. So like you and I both the remedy too much food, those, those were my favorite songs off of the first album. And then I had Mr. A to Z, which I'm what? You know how Amazon, the A is connected to the Z in the logo? You know what? I got to explain that to my mom. She was like, that's so weird. Why would they make the logo a smile? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does look like it a does. smile. Yeah. But yeah, um, Wordplay, Geek in the Pink. Those were some of my other favorite albums from those two. Uh, those Geek two in albums. the Pink was Jason Mraz? Yeah. Wow. I have heard more than one Jason Mraz song. Look at me go. Look at you go. Yeah, actually, his next album's really good. They both have different sounds, but um, but anyway, uh, but, I mean, he's no Chris Daughtry is not Jason Mraz. Jason Mraz is no, no. Chris Daughtry, no, Definitely. no, no, and very different, very different, distinct sounds. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so not a thing. My second question was, you know, how earlier you said if there was a song that connected with you and this voice, you would love it. Did you like, so you like yes. this song, right? So, yes. okay. Yes. So I have breaking I have, news for you. Okay. So when I found the Wayne Brady song, I didn't realize, I just, I was searching on Spotify for Daughtry because I wanted to listen to some Chris Daughtry. He, he also released the thing last night. He released a live on his Spotify under oh. Daughtry. So you can. This, wait, this version? This version. Oh, yeah! Fantastic! So it's so good. So is good. it under Daughtry is the artist? Yeah, so it's not under Chris Daughtry, which um on Spotify you can find his American uh, Idol performances. It's under Daughtry latest yeah. release. Got yeah. it. Yeah, so he released that last night, and Wayne released his song "Flirting with Forever" last night. Both yeah, good, see, but that this would was see, better like, than that. Fl- yeah, this was better. That if if. Wayne Brady had released his version of Try a Little Tenderness, which, I mean, obviously, Daughtry got the rights to Alive, so potential, or I don't know, C is very generous, we know. So Oof, Especially man. after last night, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Selective, but generous. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, well, okay, whatever. Um, so, yeah, that's what the Fox should have done. Or um, the Hey Look Ma, I Made oh, It version. So, that, that, I like, his version, that, that would be real good. Instantly. Yeah. And I would listen to Blame It if he did it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I might have to go and crop the um uh download the video of the show and then convert it to audio and then crop out his performance. I have that. It would still have like oh. T Pain's comments in the middle, but I would take it. 
Okay, I have some of those because that's the only way to get it now. You know what is super annoying? That the YouTube channel from The Mass Singer is no longer releasing the full versions of They're the like 45 second clips. Oh, Chile. I was so mad when I went to go because I was going to rewatch all of the Foxes, Rottweilers, and Flamingos performances to prepare for this. And I could only find the 45 second clips. And then I was like, what am I supposed to do? Go back and rewatch every episode? Wait, to, to go and find them? So you're mad, right? Yeah, I'm now, mad. Now, imagine how I feel where after the second episode, the Mass Singer's YouTube page geo-blocked the Mass Singer YouTube page. <laughs> I can't watch anything from Canada now. There's nothing. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. You, oh, no. I'll take We've 10 taken... seconds. Give me a vine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Get them up on TikTok. <laughs> I mean, TikTok would be a minute 15 at least. So they're really slacking on the on the YouTube page there. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I obviously, you know, VPN myself into Boston, Massachusetts. Then boom, I'm right there and I can watch them. But I don't have the 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 uh, the comfort of all time access. But even then, I'd have half access because you just mentioned they're not they don't give us the full thing, which is ridiculous. I feel like shows like American Idol and The Voice, they make those songs available to download on iTunes. Mm -hmm. I feel like they benefit from making that also a thing. I don't know why they don't. I got to imagine yeah. there's got there Actually, either has to be some kind of legal reason they can't. Right. Otherwise, there's no excuse. Like they can't get the rights or something because, yeah, that's actually a good point. Fine. Don't put them up on YouTube. Although YouTube now has so many freaking, I feel so old. I'm like YouTube has so many ads. I remember when YouTube didn't have any ads. <laughs> I got premium. Don't got that problem. <laughs> um, but yeah, put them put them on iTunes. Put them on Spotify. Yeah. You know, which obviously Daughtry was able to do. Or is this? Did he like record a different version? Oh, this is did a studio version. This isn't the oh, lot. This version. is like the same song just done in a very clean, crisp studio. So. He hit That's the stew fine. and he banged out the track and it's did, so good. Did you say hit the stew? Yeah. Like hit the studio? Yeah, that's how, that, and I didn't make that up. That is a thing. Who says that? It, it is very prominent in the rap culture. I guarantee you. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you listened to Jason Mraz. I imagine it didn't come up there. You know what? I think I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start using that. Yeah. yeah. So. So tomorrow, when you go to work and your coworkers ask you what you've got planned for the week, and you're like, you know, just hitting the stew later. Then yeah, I, but no. But I'm gonna use it for the things that I actually do. So make a beef stew. <laughs> hit hitting the yog. Uh, <laughs> studio. <laughs> oh, hitting the stew. <laughs> yeah, yoga <laughs> studio. Uh, hitting the hitting the gro grosh grocery store that you can't just make up things i why not they made up hitting the stew which also sounds like you're hitting somebody named stew which is kind of rude no it's the stew you're not hitting stew okay but is it the egg or is it egg <laughs> good point stew or the stew you don't know okay i'm just saying how did this come oh yeah so yeah daughtry hit the stew and he did. He, he, did, he put this out there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. That, cool. That's one. Every all you listeners, that's when you can take home this uh, holiday and explain to your family. Hit the stew. Explain it to your fam, fam. <laughs> <laughs> when you gotta hit the stew, stew. <laughs> <laughs> what have okay. we become? Third. Good thing the season's ending. <laughs> yeah.
Yeah. Although it'd be very fun just getting on and talking about McDonald's and random stuff every week. <laughs> yeah. How do we convince Rob that that's a good idea? Yeah, it's like, hey, Rob, so the, the season's done, but we're not. There's a lot of stuff to <laughs> uncover here. We need a platform to just talk about <laughs> random things that happen in our lives. We're not as entertaining as Bryce. We don't deserve that. Speaking of platform, though, you know what else was on a platform during this episode? The judges. Mm. So they were up there on this like platform stage and their guesses for the Rottweiler were Darren Chris, Dave Franco, Jason Mraz. And I don't even need to say who said who. You can figure it out. We already know who Jason Mraz is. Discover the rest. And then we get to the uh, the final reveals. Um, we had a comment from Matt Stewart. Shout out Matt Stewart said, you guys are good at being detectives. That is all. How do you feel about the fact that we got all three of these and we got them relatively early? Like Chris Daughtry, first episode, we talked about him. Wayne Brady, before the show even started, we had got there. It just happened to be another performer, but we still got there. How do you how, do you feel good? Do you feel very powerful in doing this? So, uh, do I feel powerful in your in detective doing this? prowess liaison, Liana? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I think uh, uh, some of them I'm really proud of. The Anna Gasteyer mm. one is going to be my personal. I'm going to put it on my resume. No one will know what I'm talking about. But I'll be like, no, you guys, I figured it out. I'm a genius, a certifiable genius. Um, some of the other ones we had to be inspired, like Adrian Bylone. That one I needed them to come up with because I didn't know. But then once I was like, oh, I can verify a lot of these. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to doing that again. I think one thing that I recognized was once we kind of figured it out, man, <laughs> show got a little bit more ho-hum. But uh, while we were trying to solve the clues, that was real enjoyable. Yeah, I will say, because seeing that there's been two seasons of this show, I can say with full confidence that I consumed these two seasons very differently. Um, the first season, I engaged in Reddit. I was on YouTube. I would look at comments. I would like try and look through the hashtag. I would take everything because of this coverage. I avoided a lot of that stuff and just didn't look at it and pretty much discussed with you and then did my own independent research. And that made it more fun. It's still some of them were quick guesses. Some of them took a while to get there. But you are right. Once the, the thing is two seasons and we still haven't figured out what happens once we know who they are. The magic kind of starts fading. So if the articles that are out there are to be believed, they're working on changing the way the clues are delivered to us. So either it gets better and we have a harder time figuring it out or it gets harder to figure out. But the clues are more vague than the bat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. I don't know. So there's going to be some changes that we know that are going to be happening on season three. Um, one of those changes is apparently the show is now going to feature new video packages where people who know the contestants will talk about the singer. Um, but those people will also be. Yeah, in so we're getting a hometown package that is going to be made vague and censored and have voiceover probably and modulated. So it begs the question, why are we getting this? Yeah, I well, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting because essentially it's a new format for them to deliver mm -hmm. clues. And so I wonder how that's going to change things now that they sort of have this new like format. But the idea that it's like an MTV Cribs video package and we walk into the family's house, <laughs> but all the pictures are blurry and like the, the family's blurry and they're all modulated. But like 
there's like they're holding an item for you to see and that's not blurred out. So that'd be interesting. Yeah, like it's MTV yeah. Cribs, but the Mass Singer like, version. Hello, MTV. No, MTV. What is the thing? Fox. Yeah. Fox. Welcome to our crib. And like everyone sounds like little critters and like nothing makes any sense. It's very on par for Mass Singer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do we get here? Oh, us, us being, being good detectives. Good on us, Liana. You know, <laughs> from one from daughter to daughtry to the finale, great. That was probably my my shining moment for me that I would take credit for mm-hmm. and be happy with. And then Wayne Brady, it kind of I think just because of the fact that I wanted a Wayne Brady and I knew after episode one that it wasn't the thingamajig to hear the fox. The fox was the last performer we heard, and like. Oh my God, the last person is Wayne Brady. Incredible. Well, it was weird because Wayne Brady was, because both you and I independently, when we heard the uh, mm. thingamajig, we both thought it was Wayne Brady. So Wayne Brady was already front of mind, which that's so crazy to me that Wayne Brady ends up winning the season, just not as the character we initially mm-hmm. thought he was. And what's funny is we thought thingamajig was going to win. When we saw all the prequels, we thought this is amazing. Because I, yeah, well, also because exactly. it was Wayne so Brady. We predicted and I was the like, oh, Wayne Brady's super talented. <laughs> essentially, essentially, we picked the winner. Yes, the evidence is there. You just have to connect the dots in a specific way to make it happen. Um, so, all three of the contestants, competitors are on stage. And the way they're going to do this is they're going to reveal third place. Third, the other two leave. Third place gets the final guesses. They unmask. And then the next round, they reveal the winner and then make the re- winner leave and the second place unmask. Then the winner unmasks. How did you feel about this? Because to me, it, I understood why they were doing that, but it also felt weird. Well, how would you have See, done it? I don't know, because the winner has to be revealed last, obviously. Right. But right. And you can't be like second place is the Rottweiler because then. That means that the Fox won, but you're not paying attention to the Fox winning. So it's odd. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's fine. I, I think there's no other way to do it, really, that okay. makes sense. Just, did it feel a little weird, though? Just a little weird? Well, I mean, it was awkward because poor little Rottweiler was like still stuck on stage. and The Fox is like jamming out. <laughs> and then they just the men in black quickly just <laughs> like wish him whisk him off. <laughs> whisk him off. <laughs> that sounds wrong. Baking a cake. Yeah. Like whisk him yeah, away. That, see, OK, you got it now. <laughs> that's a, that's a thing, right? I don't know, whatever. When the pancake costume, the, the short, short stack. stack is on next season, they'll be making lots of whisk away yeah. puns. Anyway, um, yeah, and then they go like put him in the corner and he's clearly like super mm. happy. He's just like pumped and they're just shoving him away in the corner so that they can do the Rottweiler thing. Yes, it was a little awkward, but that being said, I don't know how they would have done it differently. Also, the ultimate honor of this show is the Golden Mask Trophy. I didn't under like I understand that these are celebrities and no amount of money is going to be like, you know, worthy. It's amazing how this weird budget looking trophy is worth all this happiness. It's because it's an emotional journey. It's just it the the trophy is simply representative of the journey. Just like in Survivor, the million dollars, you know, it's just representative <laughs> of the emotional journey that you go on. 
<laughs> it's not the it's the idea of the money that it's counts. The concept. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um so okay, so here are my thoughts for the end. So first of all, when the flamingo was revealed, she was so cute. She looked so happy and I was really happy for her. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I thought she potentially could have won it all. I think some song choices being different may have made the difference, but I really, really proud of her. Uh, just so happy. I loved her little costume that was, I still believe, pink. Um, and so I think that that was really lovely. And then the Rottweiler, I liked when Nick was like, what a treat, which I couldn't decide was supposed to be a dog treat pun or he was just like, what a treat like the normal phrase no i think it was a pun there's no way nick cannon just in regular day-to-day would say what a treat there's no way you don't think that's part of his vernacular diamond shoe wearing nick cannon Nah. yeah um but anyway even chris daughtry's speaking voice is crystal clear yeah like how does this man do it i don't understand it's like his vocal cords have just been cleaned by an angel every day because i really really don't understand it it's it's amazing um and so that was really cool and it was cool to see both the flamingo and the rottweiler perform without the mask which again i was reminded of how like insane those heavy masks are and then of course the fox or as i wrote in my notes the flocks (laughs) f-l-o-x what an emotional journey performance at the end was great uh you know ultimately it was a feel-good moment even though i think the rottweiler had the better voice and personally i would have preferred to see him win but i was happy i was very happy too i had not seen chris daughtry rock a beard like that in quite some time so that was very nice I uh, like the beard. you like him with a beard yeah he's shorter than i like i the rottweiler purport like looks proportional but then like next to giant nick cannon i guess oh it would have been so cute to see victor oladipo and the rottweiler next to each other yeah i like the when the the rottweiler and the fox hugged before they got on like oh. revealed who the winner is oh my god i like so then afterwards they hugged again and jenny said it's so cute to see them hug which i hated that i agreed with but it was really cute to see them hug and it was really cute that this was essentially the fox versus the hound Oh, whoa. I know, right? I didn't even rec- clock that. No one did. <laughs> did you? Okay. Did, you, did you see this on Reddit? Or did oh, you 100% saw it on the internet. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm disappointed. I know. <laughs> Not that the clever. Fox and the Hound. All right. I'm going to steal that and like tell someone that I came up with it. Okay. I, I To be honest, no, I don't talk about Mass Singer with anybody else. But who do I talk Mass Singer with the most? You. Me. Yeah. And I would like to hear your thoughts on a sneak peek that we saw of season three and some of the costumes that got released to us. Tim Westing really wanted us to talk about it. So I want you to take it away. What did you think of these weird things we saw for season three to hype us up? Okay. yes. So first of all, before I discuss that, which I will, I read an article about Chris Daughtry. It was an interview with him and he talked about how he's just really bad at winning stuff, which then I realized Chris Daughtry is the singing version of Liana Boris because he can't win against other animals like the fox and the cat. Like, I can't beat Melissa Denny in anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got a you got a third place and you got a second place. Right. And he got, a, he got a fourth place and a second place. So we're like pretty much the same person. OK, so that was a thought I had. And that also did feel bad because I can't believe like, oh, you lost American Idol and you lost a mass singer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he made it to the final four and final two. All right. So clearly he's talented. 
not to not to fire shots, but he definitely lost to a worthy winner this time. Oh, you mean Taylor Hicks was not a worthy winner? No, of course not. <laughs> oh, just one hit. No. Oh. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's talk about these costumes. Yes, please. So let me pull them up because I'm not looking at them right now, but I have them right here. Okay, okay. so in the actual sneak peek preview we saw, um, there's a super creepy mouse mm-hmm. in a dress, <laughs> which I hope is not a real costume, but it probably is. I have a guess for that already. You have a guess for that already? Who do you think it is? Yeah. So in the sneak peek, we see uh, the so the the story of the sneak peek is Nick Cannon's going to the houses of the so-called celebrities and delivering their costumes for the show. Yeah. So he walks into this Beverly Hills like house and there's a little chihuahua and there's Ugg boots and all I could think of was Paris Hilton. Yeah. And then the number on the on the uh, the building was three three four zero. If you Google Paris Hilton address, she used to own a house at somewhere called thirty three forty something Beverly Hills. Okay, if they legit already gave away one of the contestants in the 22 seconds of the preview, (laughs) are you kidding me? I'm serious. All of those line up to her and like the simple life, her old show back in the day and her love for her, you know, Chihuahua and she wore Uggs everywhere. I don't think it's her because that would be way too much. Like that's for sure a red herring. At least I'm hoping if for sure, if it is Paris Hilton, they're idiots. No, you know what? I think that's what it is. They're probably these are probably all red herrings. Yeah. Gotta be. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank God. Especially because didn't somebody guess Paris Hilton at some point along the way? I feel like that came up. I mean, it came out. I think it was with the Flamingo. No, was it last year? I think it was last year with um, with um, someone. Anyway. Okay. So creepy mouse costume. Super terrifying. (laughs) Um, then we have the robot, yeah, which is a very cartoony robot. Yeah, it's square. It looks like a kid drew a robot. It's like rectangulary, like shapey. Yeah. What was yeah. the robot from South Park? Awesomeo. It looks like a glammed up Awesomeo. <laughs> okay. Then we have what is either going to be my favorite costume or the most terrifying costume I have ever seen in my entire life is. The banana <laughs> or just banana? I saw a picture. So you know that art thing with the banana tape? The master yeah. put out an ad yeah. of like the banana duct tape to the wall and it said, like, you know, after the Super Bowl Sunday. I love that. The banana has eyebrows and is the weirdest looking thing. It is really creepy because its eyes are two different sizes. Mm-hmm. And I know that the thingamajig's eyes were two different sizes, but there was more to the face. Like there was hair and it had glasses. This is just two different sized like eyeball globes with two different sized eyeballs on top of it. And because there's nobody in the costume when we see it at first, it's just this like limp banana. <laughs> Don't say limp banana on the podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Urban Dictionary that. I'm sure that's not a good thing. Don't look it up. Also, I would just like to point out Limp <laughs> Banana, same initials as your name. Leona <laughs> Boris. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so that's the banana costume. Okay. Oh, man. This is... You know what? I had not made that connection until just now, and now that's all I'm going to think about the entire time the banana is on the stage. So, thanks. You're welcome. It looks like it's in a little diver's costume. Doesn't it? Uh, like a scuba diver's costume? Yeah, like costume? a scuba diver's. 
Or maybe it's like a spaceman. Like spaceman. I like okay. that the peels are like a cool collar. Yeah, I like. Yeah, that yeah. is a pretty cool. Also, so is this is this a bald banana? <laughs> is it a circumcised? Banana? Okay, that's not what I meant. Move on. Move. <laughs> okay, just get that. Uh, okay. <clears throat> so the other costume. <laughs> The other costume that we see uh, in this promo, and it's also in like a still promo, is another monster costume, but this mm-hmm. time it's female, and you can Miss tell it's monster. female because it has eyelashes. Because we all know men don't have eyelashes. <laughs> it has. Um, it also has a little bow on the top, and um, what I can only imagine is lipstick on the lips and long nails, which again. I feel like none of these, and then it's pink. I feel like they tried as much as they could to be like, it's a female monster. And they're like, what constitutes female monster? And <laughs> well, they yeah, threw the- as much things as they could for us to like go that direction. Yeah, this is when you try to gender things, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's pink, it's got long nails, it's got lipstick, <laughs> it's got eyelashes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would love for this to also be T-Pain, so that's oh, personally yes. what I'm rooting for. Um, but I, I don't think that that would be the case. Now, there are two other costumes. Oh, wait, and I just want to say that the end of this ends with Nick Cannon being like, it's going to be lit or something like that. So Oof. we're just going to. Yeah. All right. So there are two other costumes that we see in a still promo, and one of them is a lizard with, it's a gecko. It's a gecko. Mm. It's wearing a suit and Purple what suit. is that hat? A feathered long Yeah, it's like a detective's hat with a feather on it. Like a detective dean rat pack hat thing. Yeah, it's like a rat pack. It's like a it's like a Frank Sinatra E look. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that's the weird gecko. And then the other one <laughs> is what appears to be a stoned llama. It's a llama. It's a, it's like taking pictures. It's going through its eat, pray, love moment. I guess I, I don't. <laughs> it's a hippie. It's a hippie llama. <laughs> it's a hippie stone llama. So <laughs> that's also happening. My thoughts are: these are fun-looking costumes. They're different, and they. I don't know. I can't tell. I have to see them like up close and in non sneak peek cartoony picture Mm -hmm. to kind of see how they would look IRL. But as far as sneak peek goes, it has got me hyped up for the next season already. Um, But I don't think I'm quite ready to say goodbye to the season two cast yet because they all meant a lot to me. And season two was my favorite. So I don't know. Season three has a lot to live up to. But I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see who could be who and all that jazz. I feel like the gecko is giving me leopard vibes right now. So maybe the gecko is where I go. Yeah, I'm ready for season three. I'm done with season two. Bring it on season three. I will re-listen to some of the performances, but I'm excited. I want to do the guessing game part again. That's the fun part. That's the fun part. Also, I want to make fun of this banana costume more. I'm looking at it close up. It's got like a little tongue thing in its mouth. It's like lumpy. (laughs) So... How can so how would the the banana chant go? Uh oh, there's a banana emoji though. Oh, is wait, is that like the eggplant emoji or no? no is no, banana no, 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 emojis no. okay? I think banana emoji's safe. Also, okay. if the chanting isn't um banana spelt exactly to the same rhythm as Gwen Stefani, oh. uh, then they've made a mistake. I I think it's a be ban ban about to get glam ban ban. Just don't forget, you share the same initials as the banana. <laughs> it's limp banana. Limp banana. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, nah, yeah, nah, yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm excited to, yeah, predict, you know, how the chants are going to go and who's who and all the guessing games that are involved with it. So, yeah, I'm excited about that stuff. Um, although before we, you know, close the book on the season, we had a draft. We each picked three people. I don't and think that this is necessary to discuss. Thank you. I think it is <laughs> just because <laughs> I got you like looked at me all weird and said, what you pick, the, what these people, what? And I just want to say I had three of the top four. Yep. Classic mistake. Liana drafted all women in the thought that a woman could win a reality TV show in 2019. Apparently this is not the case anymore. So, yeah. No, that's thanks, unfortunate world. <laughs> world <laughs> this is all your fault <laughs> i gotta say i did not like the one i did not think that the fox was gonna be the one to take it home from my team and i genuinely didn't even know how good the rottweiler was gonna be until we got further and further um and the leopard i just feel still vindicated about the leopard doing as well as the leopard did like the leopard made it I mean, the leopard made it as far as Victor Aladipo, which was, I think, my first pick, and further than the butterfly, Michelle Williams. So, what even happened? I mean, it's fine. Again, I've had conflicting thoughts about this. If, you know, it had been more big spender performances along the way, maybe I would have felt differently. But, you know, it's fine. So, I guess congratulations on winning the draft. Are, so. Wait, are, are you talking to me? Yes. Oh, oh, thank you, Liana. Okay, so then am I now the um the the champion of the mass singer wrap up? Sure. You know what? Whatever makes you feel valued. That's not. Don't do this. <laughs> don't make it. Enough? Yeah, that ruins it for me. I don't want it. Like I don't need. I have a fulfilling life. I don't. Need I'm validated. This. I don't need this to validate how I feel in my positioning and my you know day to day living. No, I mean, good call. I I think uh, Fox strong performer, um, good winner, and yes, you did an amazing job. Congratulations. Okay, so my dad sent me a random package in the mail the other day. Whoa. It was full of just random crap from his house. He was clearly cleaning and getting rid of stuff and just mailed me a bunch of random things. We call them I don't care packages. It essentially is like, there's a bunch of crap I don't want. Now you can have it in your home. And he sent me a cutout from the newspaper from September 25th, 2019. Of what? And it says, uncovering the mass singer will be harder. <laughs> Celebrity singing competition returns for season two with tougher clues, bigger names, and crazier costumes. But it's just the headline. He didn't send me the full article. Like, it's just a little promo bit. Was he scrapbooking? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it was really cute, though. It was like, oh, dad's trying to bond with me. Um, and the picture, I think you would appreciate this, is Nick Cannon and the skeleton. Why would I appreciate that? I don't know. I think you liked the skeleton, right? At one point. I only liked the skeleton when I thought it was Steve Buscemi. Then it went out the window. <laughs> okay. Paul yeah. Schaefer's not good enough for you. No, def definitely not on the same level. And I think you like Nick Cannon. So the picture, you like the picture. 
Okay, sure. Um, all right. So I just wanted to tell that story, uh, even though it's not important. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about is I want to talk about the evolution of strategy for the mass Singer, because I have some points that I think we need to discuss okay. in, as we sort of wrap up the season and think about what we're going to experience in season three. Okay. So first of all, I think if you're going to do the mass Singer, you need to be sure to pick a costume that you can move in. Yeah. Like I know it's cool to have some of these really big grandiose costumes, but I think that really has to be of consideration because the Fox was a pretty slim costume, right? He didn't have sort of these like really big, heavy prosthetics, which I think some of them did. So I think that that's something important to keep in mind. I don't know how you get over sort of like the headpiece being really heavy, but if you can think a way to like get around that, like maybe seals was a good one. Like the leopard's headpiece isn't super giant, but I think that needs to be taken into consideration because Patty LaBelle's headpiece was absolutely gorgeous, but I'm sure that thing must have weighed like 15 pounds. Yeah. No, it was a heavy headpiece. So it's interesting because I don't know if it's the size. I just think it has to be mobile. I think that's the key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but you know, I, I agree with you. But I think if you can, you know, you don't really have a choice over what they make the costume out of. Of course, hopefully they would opt for lighter materials. Mm-hmm. But they're going to pick something that, yes, is wearable. But, you know, it might be 50. Like, I think uh, it was Ninja who said that his headpiece is like 15 pounds. Yeah, that was really, and it looked heavy too. Well, I I go back to the monster and, you know, I still think about this and I don't think I definitively know the answer. Did the, did T-Pain squat in that costume or was it his height? I think it was his height. T-Pain's very short. But the benefit of the monster costume, so it's kind of like, okay, so yeah, the monster costume was large, but like you said, it's mobile because he can kind of move around in that thing. Like it's not constricting maybe Mm -hmm. necessarily in the same way that another costume might be. Um, So yeah, although he did say it was very hot, but I think that that's going to be something you're going to have to contend with regardless of the costume. For sure. Yeah, so I think that's something you could do to improve your win chances. Okay, so then what's the next thing? Okay, the next thing is song choices. So like we were Mm. talking about, I think doing a sort of modernized take or even a different style choice on a song is a really, really great way to go because I think it makes you unique. It makes you stand out. And as long as you're a decent singer doing sort of your take on it, it becomes part of your character, becomes part of who you are, and it shows off something. I think that's where, you know, the Flamingo, even though a great performance, you can't top that you know what i mean whereas the fox and the rottweiler sort of doing these different versions of songs that we've heard previously really great call and i think we've seen this with like the uh, rainbow um that the thingamajig did the casey musgrave song his version doesn't sound like the original but it suits his voice so perfectly and it's such a great song so if you can find more songs like that 100 percent agree with this point 100 percent agree yeah The last thing that I have to say, and I don't know how, again, I have no clue how much, and I don't even know why I'm talking about this because it's not like anybody's going to listen and enact this strategy. Oh, no. (laughs) Come through celebrities. I don't know how much control they have over the production of the acts because it felt like the Fox, who probably has a lot of experience putting together, I mean, obviously, duh, he's been on freaking Broadway, right? Like Wayne Brady is used to doing this. I wonder how much input he had on the actual production, because if you can get your backup dancers to be legit backup dancers, 
I think that makes a big difference. And no more weird robot dancing woman. <laughs> she, I know you didn't mind her, but she can go for me. Of all of the backup dancer mishaps of the season, you're why are you so against the I robot really, dancer? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> she really bothered me. Like the fingerless gloves bug me so much. And then there was the weird snowball fight nonsense during that the Thingamajigs performance. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, like, and then was it this season where there was like someone in like a crib in the back or something? With the people who fell off the platform? Yeah, yeah. Weren't there those people? Yeah, um, there's a bit of random ones. So that's a good question to ask because I feel like, you know, in thinking about, because the ones that do some dancing have to be organizing this. You know, they have to be putting this together because T-Pain also had moments where he's strutting his stuff. But then there were genuinely performers this season where it felt like they were like, okay, you are required legally to have backup dancers on the stage. And there were moments where I'm like, well, you're singing to the camera, but there's this backup dancer in becoming a front of dancer because they're dancing in front of you and we can't see half of you. So I think it's a mix and match of some people know what they're doing with them. And then some people just throw them in there to like spruce it up. Yeah, so but you do think that that maybe comes from the performers? I think so. I can't imagine if the show had a hand in it, they would I would love to think that they would do it in a way that benefits the performance, right? Benefits the act and not be some random hodgepodge of colors and, you know, dancing and weird choreo that doesn't match songs. Like it's sometimes it's too weird cuz if you're a performer, you're not going to let that happen. Unless you want it to happen. Yeah. So I was looking back through my notes to see if I wrote any other backup dancer performances that really bothered me. In the Ladybugs performance of Juice by Lizzo, I wrote the two backup dancers looking like stylish pirates. (laughs) So (laughs) taking some high quality notes over here. (laughs) All right. That's all I have. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think the one that resonates with me the most is the second point, because if um, so, when Ninja did Old Town Road, I can only imagine if someone like Chris Daughtry took that song instead, what they would have done with it, Mm -hmm. you know, or if someone did Rebecca Black's Friday, what they could have done with it. Like when you take second choice, Rebecca Black's Friday, I'm just thinking of songs that like that song I'm thinking about because earlier you mentioned Rebecca Black and I was like, Ooh, if someone would do that song, that will put that song, like, you know, make it better. Cause I talked about how I didn't like blame it. And then I liked blame it. I didn't like Mm -hmm. Friday. I would love Friday if Wayne Brady did a rendition. So Mm -hmm. if you pick a good, if you pick a song that you can change and make different, I think that is for me, probably, tip top tier as far as songs go that's right truly the razzle dazzle yeah and the pizzazz Mm. yeah all right so that wraps up this podcast i can't believe it's the last time we're going to talk mass singer for a long time oh wait it's less than two months away so it's less than two months away i mean we're it's the 19th of december today it'll be back feb 2nd it's a it's a month and change away Oh, my God. Between this and Survivor Season 40, wow, 2020 is going to be a great year. I mean, the the great poet Nick Cannon said that it's going to be lit. It is going to be lit, just like (laughs) wise Nick Cannon once said. 
Okay, so for one last time in 2019, at least then, we can safe to say that there's no more Mass Singer until 2020, right? So, Liana, what else are you working on until the next time we talk unmasking? Okay, so we have the finale of the RHAP BNB talking about Survivor. Mike and I are getting together with Eric Stein, which I'm so excited Ooh. about. Um, so the three of us are going to be talking this weekend. Uh, or, I mean, maybe not this weekend, depending on when you listen. Um, we're going to be talking about that. And then what else do I have going on? Um, yeah, I think that's it. But rate and review us on iTunes. Yes, that would help. A lot. It's always fun to read uh, the reviews and get feedback. Of course, you can find that at www.robhasawebsite.com slash mass singer. You can go there. You can subscribe there. You can comment there. You can rate there. Or you can just Spotify, right? Yeah. So if you look up uh, Rahap Ups on Spotify, you will not only find our uh, coverage of the mass singer, you'll find anything that is on reality TV Rahap Ups. So if that is your choice of uh, media consumption, boom, we're right there as well. It's a very quick and easy link. Liana, where can people find you on social media if they want to send you the Chris Daughtry musings? Uh, yes, you can find me on social media at Liana Boris. Perfect. And you might be asking yourselves, listeners, what are you doing, Priya? What are you up to? Nothing. This was, I'm done now. You know, podcast season is done for me. Um, so you really am... did need the draft as life validation, huh? <laughs> no, I didn't. Aww. I am very satisfied. I have plenty of Christmas um, hangouts to go to. And then I, of course, will wor- be working Christmas Day because, <laughs> you know, I know others need to want to be with their families and my family's not here. Oh, this sounds really sad. I'm about to like the fox this up. I'm happy, everybody. <laughs> I'm going to miss talking to Mass Singer, but I'll be right here in 40-something days. Best believe it. And, Liana, thank you so much for a great season of the Mass Singer Rahap Up. Without you, I would not have learned more about Gavin DeGraw. I would not have dived into Chuck Norris jokes, made awful money puns, and just any other nonsense we had. So, thank you very much. You are, as much as you don't like, a leopard to me. Oh, that's so sweet. Ugh, I know. I'm such a pleasure. <laughs> yeah. You're the, you're a great great sidekick. Liaison oh. Liana. Oh, I'm tip top tier liaison. Yeah. Let's go with that. And on that note, I hope everyone has a lovely holiday season, a great new year, and we will unmask you in the next decade. Adios. <laughs>